Welcome to another edition of Coffee Cast with Cation and Ruben, powered by Behind the Racket. Mike Cation, Noah Ruben. Uh, we do have a special guest. We'll get to him here in just a second. A big announcement for us that we've been teasing for the last couple of weeks that we are now a part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. This has been Woo-hoo! something that's uh, been in the makings for the last couple of months. We've wanted to share it with you, but um, we're doing so now. And you're going to be seeing a lot of our social media platforms tagged with Tennis Channel involvement. And we're really appreciative of the fact that they're getting involved with what we are doing as well and trying to tell some of the stories behind the racket, if you will. Um, our guest today, and we're going to get to him here in a second, is, is Tennis Sandgren. Um, he's shorn, and I don't even feel like I know who he is anymore. Um, but I'm just excited to, to have both of you on here um, because I think you guys have really lived this idea of behind the racket over the last couple of years. I, I've been able to experience it firsthand, so it's, it's great to have both of you um, kind of tag-teaming here today. I'm happy to be here. Um, no, yeah. Behind the racket is... Uh, you know, I've been, I've hit myself with my racket. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> my face has been behind my racket as I strike it. Uh, but uh, no, no, no. I, I identify uh, and support uh, all of Noah's efforts um, with the Behind the Racket account to, to help spotlight, um, you know, the struggles of the tour. Did you get really to see cool. that he's on television now? I saw television, Noah. I've seen, I've watched the point where he runs up and hits that backhand little cross court <laughs> flicker thing while he slides and gracefully avoids hitting the net while simultaneously sliding out of his shoe um, and winning the point and, uh, at least 300 times in the last three days because all three of his accounts keep retweeting and reposting that same picture, uh, the same point over and over and over again. And I, like an Alzheimer's patient, keep watching it over and over and over again. And I'm entertained every time. So uh, TV Noah's is. TV Noah is probably the best Noah. I think. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot better than the in-person Noah. <laughs> Besides the shit you're giving me, I'm actually really excited to see you, though. And you're actually good-looking, which I don't know if people know this about you. This is the highest compliment I've ever gotten from Noah. In fact, it's because, the only compliment I've ever gotten from Noah. So I'll take it. Because you have had hair like Moses for the past... Look, are you, are you are you dissing as a Jew? Are you dissing one of your most prominent ancestors? Are you dissing Moses right now? I, I am not. I am just saying it's it's not of our time anymore. I think it's it's time to it's time to clean to it up, shave it off. It's time yeah, to clean it up. All right, all right, okay. I'm just I'm just trying to clear up. It? I'm just trying to clear it up. Um, you know, it's just honestly, all my free time was spent picking at my beard, and at, <laughs> at that point, it just needed to stop. It needed to go away. And then, and then my hair was starting to get a little crazy, and so then that had to go away too. And it actually took, I had to take two cuts at the at the old haircut. The first uh, the first chop didn't go so well, and then, and the second lady I went to, this is in Winston Salem. The second lady actually laughed at me and said, "When did you get a haircut?" I said, "Yesterday." And she said, "No, you didn't." I was like, "Yep." She said, "Did you pay money for that?" I was like, "Yeah, I sure <laughs> did." Please help, please help me, help me. Well, well, regardless of all the hair escapades that you've gone through. Um, I'm excited to have you. We're close friends. We've had numerous conversations. One of the highlights being at Zoe's Kitchen, if you remember yes, that one. Yes, I sure do. That was great. But, yes, we've spoken numerous times about some really deep topics. And, honestly, I would, you know, this is another high compliment. I'm gonna, you're one of my closest friends on tour to me because we've had some honest talks. Yeah. And I think that you actually get it, which is a, you know, Mike and I, I think I think thing. so. I think that conversation at Zoe's Kitchen where we talked for about two hours, I believe at the Carry Challenger, we had both, Yes, I think we had both scrapped through our first rounds maybe, and we're just, mm-hmm. just really mentally fatigued uh, <laughs> after round one, 
and and I think that was probably the first conversation I feel like you had had with somebody on tour where you where you actually enjoyed yourself to 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 a certain degree. I feel like you were maybe a little closed off at this point in your in your time on tour, uh, which is understandable because it's such a singular game, such a such an individual game, and it's hard to it's hard to branch out. It's hard to get out. It's hard to um, you know, leave that bubble that you put around yourself because you kind of have to in a way. Um, and you know, I enjoyed that. I enjoy. No, I enjoy it. It's been one of my motivating factors. You know, the fact that there are like-minded mentalities like yeah. us, but people don't talk. Right. People right. don't get out there exactly. all the time, and that's always been a motivation for me, especially in behind the rackets, just to get the conversation going. You know, because. We need it. I mean, like right. you said, we were fatigued after round one. We were tired. Right. So let's help each other out a little bit. Right, right. No, it's true. Well, the reason tennis is here, um, not just to for both of you guys to pat each other on the back uh, quite a bit, which is, is always nice. I mean, nice. Let's, let's not get this confused. I don't like Noah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so let's, let's get to the dirty part of this, um, because obviously we, we wanted to talk to you with, with regard to social media. It's okay. something we've been um, wanting to kind of hit on as one of our topics here over the last couple Serious of weeks. Serious subjects don't have to be dirty, Mike. I mean, it, we, can, we can make it dirty if you want. I mean, yes, <laughs> sure, but that's, that's a completely different one uh, that I don't think we're allowed to do on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Um, you obviously were involved in, in quite a social media controversy. Um, and, and your your likes, your favorites, your retweets. Um, likes and favorites are the same thing. Well, sure. I'm just saying. It's, it's all the same. Um, but the... It was it was one of those moments. I happened to be involved as I, you and I were talking quite a bit. Um, Australian Open 2018, and I'm wondering your thoughts now on how you handled it in the immediate aftermath. Um, I I handled it well. I thought it, well. I feel like I handled it in a way that uh, I'm comfortable with and I can live with myself with and that I was trying to be true to myself and trying to be honest and, and trying to take criticism and, and try and learn from, from you know, what people were saying to me and while also, you know, still being my own person. And at that point, I think that's all you can do. And as long as you're being open and honest and looking to learn and grow, then, then I think you're going to be all right. I think you're going to keep learning and keep growing, which is the whole point of, of being out here as a, as a person so at that point I don't know what else you can do and you just keep going forward you keep pushing forward and keep living your life so some of those things and I and I know I told you that at the time you know th- those were things that you know violated some of my core beliefs some of the things that you liked on, on Twitter and and some of those discussion points really hurt me as a as a friend of yours um, to see that those viewpoints are so polar opposite from from what I believe um, I, I'm one I, I know you have other friends Noah probably one of them who you disagree with um, quite a bit in some of those political discussions how do you at this point now separate some of those ones that that may have hurt people like myself with what your true core beliefs are well I mean it's hard. I, I, I honestly don't know what specific uh, political policy points that I support are ones that offend you to, to the point where it, it 
confronts your core beliefs. Like, I honestly don't know which ones those are, so it's hard for me to say, sit here and say, well, this one or this one, because I honestly don't know. We actually haven't talked so specifically to where we've narrowed down uh, points of contention. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we've always tried to find points of commonality um, rather than points of difference. Uh, so I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I've always looked at it as, as you know, political policy is, is separate from how you treat people as individuals. Um, you know, how <laughs> the broader spectrum of how you think, because I, I think we both want the same thing from society, which is a society that's run well to the point where you're doing the best you can for everybody as, as a, a, a government body with centralized power can do. Uh, which is only so much. It's not the, the end-all, be-all. It's not the, the one cure for all of societal, societal ills. It can't be. It's, it's impossible. Um, so at that point, you're trying to make decisions that are good for everybody. And if we have disagreements there, that's, that's understandable and that's perfectly natural and it's normal and, and you're trying to find the best solutions for specific problems. And if we have disagreements, then it is important to find those commonalities so that you can make a good push forward you can you, you don't want some one particular group having all the say you want multiple groups and multiple points of views and opinions coming together to say well this is the way that we think or this is the way we're going to vote or decide that that we're going to move forward and it's for the for the greater interest of the most people um but yeah i mean that that doesn't affect those kinds of policy decisions don't affect how i would view anybody as an individual i mean i, I try and treat everybody uh as well as I possibly can do to others, as you would, as you would have them do unto you, and, and until 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 a relationship breaks down, I mean that's that's how I try and live my life. Yeah, you know, I found myself in an actual difficult situation, and I'm not going to even put it in the same realm that you were in, but we were friends, and we were close friends, and I almost found myself defending you in certain cases. Because all the things, the conversations that we had, the friendship that we built, I was like, you know, these are some of his beliefs, but this is not the guy I know and love. And we've had these moments together, and I found myself saying, no, you have to actually get to know him. And again, some of the things you were saying, obviously, I do not believe in, but I found myself defending you countless times saying, I'm telling you, you know, this is, this is a mishap. This is not fully him as a person because of our relationship. And it was just... You know, I guess it's a tough question to ask, but do you regret any of the moments? Do you regret it ever took place? Or because, again, we've had this relationship. You are an intellectual, thoughtful person. And it's just shocking that you're the person that had to be in this situation. Um, you know, re regret is an interesting thing because I, I'm very... Uh, at peace with myself currently and, and how I'm trying to uh, do this whole tennis thing and life thing and uh, you know, trying to keep growing as a person and growing in my faith and um, you know all those things all the good and the bad and the in-between are all a part of that you can't pick one thing apart and remove it and say that I would be the person I am sitting here right now if I remove this thing or that thing or add this or that it's just it doesn't really work that way um so i the only thing that i the only thing that that i've thought of that that i could have done better that i would have liked to have done better or and continue to do better going forward is just 
be kinder to people and be more courteous and assume, take the best assumption of, or the best interpretation of things. Don't always take the, the negative interpretation of either somebody's actions or somebody's words. Uh, because, you know, on, on, uh, when, you're, when you have that screen interface and when you're only talking to somebody through, uh, you know, typing and, and 120 characters, uh, there's things that are lost in translation, and one of those things are nuance and context. Uh, and and when, when those things are, are get a little bit muddled and one of those things gets... Um, you know, a little bit more tricky. It gets harder to interpret what exactly somebody is saying or what it is that they exactly believe when, when context is removed and when nuance is removed. Um, so just to try and be a little bit kinder and to, you know, interpret things in a, in a positive way. How has your social media presence changed now from where it was two years ago? Um, Sticking to sunsets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I try and not be political at all. Uh, our, our, our political discourse is so inflammatory that it's, it's essentially useless and it's not worthwhile to engage in for me as an athlete. If it takes away from somebody being able to enjoy what I'm actually good at, which is tennis, then it's worthless at this point in my life. And maybe there's a time where the, when that's not the case, but for now, it's totally useless. So totally, I'm not even... I'm not... <laughs> I'm not... Uh, I don't have any notoriety as far as like a person for my brain. It's only because I hit the ball well, and that's uh, fairly well. It's okay, you know. Some people like to watch me play sometimes, and that's that's basically. It. Other than that, you know, nothing that I say is worthwhile enough. Go listen to people who have actually studied stuff. Go listen to people who are actually experts in their fields. You know, I'm I'm neither of those things. So any opinion that I have is just you know a layman's opinion of something, and I still have a lot of work to do and a lot of things to read and a lot of knowledge to gain before uh, my opinion is valuable and I'll keep doing that so do you think that this transition from social media to other more educational or whatever resources that you're using right now would that improve your tennis is this better for your focus or are you seeing no. yourself no it's not better for my tennis <laughs> <laughs> it's way more fun just to fly off the handle and say any shit you want to say or, or do whatever the hell you want. It's freeing. It's freeing in a way. It's, it's, uh, I think everybody does it to a certain extent. But, but you save it for the tennis court. But self I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> flying off the handle a few too, a few too often lately, getting uh, need to simmer down sometimes on the, on the old tennis court. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know. There's a certain freeing aspect to, to not having any spotlight on you and just kind of doing and saying what you will. Um, that doesn't mean that you want to have the freedom to be an asshole, but you know, just to, to, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy discussion. I enjoy ideas. I enjoy talking about ideas. I don't like talking about how did I hit the ball today. I don't care. I barely care about how I hit the ball on any given day. So I'd much rather talk about important things, important world events, with, with honest and good intent, with no ill intent, uh, just to learn and to talk to people who have also interest in these things. It's educational. It's, it's, I'm passionate about it, but unfortunately that particular avenue on social media doesn't exist for me because it just doesn't exist. It's too infl the, the, the discourse is too inflammatory. Anything that you could possibly say is, is uh, 
People people would rather be upset about anything you have to say than, than think that you have good intentions. There's no such thing as good intentions on Twitter.com. It's a land of wolves. You know, you might have never thought about this before. Obviously, Australian quarterfinal was one of, you know, probably, if not your best result to this day. But with everything else that took place around it, did you lose that feeling of reaching the quarterfinals? Did that actually motivate you to have success like you did at Wimbledon this past year because you wanted to get that untampered with feeling of, you know, here I am, let's just celebrate my tennis? Did you miss out on that during Australia? Um, you know, I mean, honestly, with the with the journey that I've had through t with tennis, um, that that really that sensation is only one go. You know, where you where you do something so unexpected that it's that that really gratifying feeling. You only get you only get one. You only get a few looks at that. Like I'm sure Novak is really excited when he wins a Grand Slam, but I'm sure <laughs> there's only a couple that he holds in really high regard, and the rest are kind of like, well, it looks like I did it again. <laughs> you know, that's just how the human mind works. It's just you can't have repetitive, ultra gratifying experiences. It's just not how this thing works. You you delay gratification, and the longer that you delay it, the better it is when something good happens. So the fact that I had never come close to quarterfinals of a Grand Slam, and to, to kind of hit that mark and not really expect it at all um, was was really really cool to say the least um, and then it was it was what it was after the fact and the household was kind of dead at home for a couple of weeks and just really tired <laughs> really really physically and emotionally tired and uh, you know Wimbledon was great I mean I mean round of 16 was awesome I was really close to making quarterfinals again. Sam played a great match and came up with some really good shots, but it was really tight. And uh, I felt good about it. I felt like I, I, I put together a good week and played well, but it's not the same as that, that first one where it's like I just did something that I really didn't think I'd ever do. Um, and, uh, unless maybe I win a slam, I probably won't won't have that, have that again in the same intensity. You are a guy who... So I, I hold both of you in kind of the same situations. You a little bit more maybe five years ago or kind of where Noah was um, in, in terms of that just, God, you know, this is frustrating. Mm. It's a tough life playing at the challenger level. How did you, if you will, escape it at a later age? What was 26 when you hit top 100 for the first time? How, how did you do that to make that I escape, if you will? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. I was like a month from, 20, from 26, I think. Okay. Um, I was healthy for a long period of time. I, mean, I wasn't healthy for a, over a year straight for my whole career, basically. And it's very difficult, especially the way I play. I, not really any earth-shattering weapons or anything like that. I'm very uh, confident seems to be hard to come by for me. Um, maybe could use some more self-belief. Uh, but... I just was healthy for a long stretch of time, and, and I felt like the momentum just started coming my way, and then I didn't get injured, shockingly enough. I, I, I had some momentum, and I started winning some tournaments, and I didn't get hurt and have to take three months off or six months off, which is killer for any kind of momentum you're trying to build and for the, in, in the calendar ranking year for your opportunities to try and push even farther forward. So I stayed healthy and kept being able to work and play and, and keep trying to learn and grow, and that fall was a big fall for me when I lost to Cam Norrie 27 times in a row. <laughs> Um, 
because I, I, I got a good look at some of my weaknesses and worked hard on them in December and then played a great uh, start of the year in, in Australia. But it was, it was, it's one of those things where it's like you have to identify what it is that's holding you back because most of the guys in the challenger ranks that are kind of stuck there are good players very good players and it's like well what are you you're making some very similar mistakes when you are repetitively like it's it's not like something shocking that's happening every time it's like oh this is what i did last week or oh this is what i did three weeks ago when i lost i've lost my cool at a line call or i keep missing my mid-court forehand or you know these, these things that keep happening so it's like okay how can i address these things or am i just going to fall victim and play the victim to the fact that this keeps happening to me rather than what can i do to make this better so that i can overcome this in these big moments and maybe push forward in in a better way um and so i mean jim helped me a lot with that yeah uh, jim madrigal jim helped me a lot yeah. with that as far as especially on the mental side and, and some of the technicalities in, in my game as well but the mental side was big and um helped me kind of mature some mature some I mean I say some because every day is challenging <laughs> every day is tough you know the, the the old I feel like the old you never really dies it's something it, it likes <laughs> to resurrect itself um, when you least expect it yeah when you least expect it you see some old habits pop up and you're like sometimes you don't handle it well sometimes yeah. you're like well I already I've dealt with you many times it goes I know but I was back and you weren't ready for it so how about that <laughs> you know uh so you know that that kind of stuff is is always challenging, but you you have to try and address those few problems that keep recurring to try and make those better somehow. Somehow. You know, I don't. I, we don't have that much time left, but I I think a lot of people would be super fascinated with the you know you, you reach the quarterfinals. You know, obviously people in the tennis world know, but a little bit outside of it, people are going to think you're set. But then in a blink of an eye, you're almost losing, you know, first round of Tallahassee. How does this happen? Yeah. And then how do you go from that back to fourth round of Wimbledon? How do you get that confidence? How tough is tennis of a sport that you go quarters of a slam and you're grinding for three points again? What, what is that as a whole? Right. Well, I was really close to not making main draw of Wimbledon. I mean, Ryan Shane should have ended that particular conversation in <laughs> Sarasota. Sarasota. Yeah, I mean, I was outside of 100 playing Sarasota, Tallahassee, and Savannah trying to get into Wimbledon main draw. And I was down 6-2, 4-2, 30, 30 all, Ryan Shane missing over it on top of the net. That probably would have ended the match if he would have made that. Um, missed a and, couple and, in the tiebreak in the second and set, And maybe too. I don't get into Wimbledon main draw. Maybe I have to go through qualies, and maybe I'm too tired to make round 16. You know, th- these things are, are kind of ridiculous when you, <laughs> when you think about it. It's kind of ridiculous. Um... You know, you keep, I don't know, you keep pushing every day, man. Like, there's no formula. I mean, there's things that you that you should rather do over others, like practice instead of going to the bar or doing fitness instead of, like, eating too many pastries. You know, like, there's things you should do over others, but, like, you have to keep pushing forward. And mentally, that becomes incredibly challenging when you're not getting the reward. Like, you're not getting anything for your efforts. Okay, the natural response is, why do I keep putting in all this effort? why i'm not getting the reward but it's like again you have to kind of believe and have faith that it's coming i can't control the outcome i can put myself in good percentages like i can make these percentages favorable and maybe i have a 55 percent chance of winning today instead of like 52 but you still have a very good chance of losing and it's basically a coin flip so you know you can't really control that you can't make the thing be the outcome you want but you can put yourself in a good spot and you, and you can keep doing that as best as you can 
and you have to have that faith and that belief that it is going to turn for you at some point. And if you don't have that belief, then, you, I mean, you have no shot. You have no shot. You're relying on, like, your skill and how many guys are skilled enough to not have the proper amount of belief. Two? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, two? Rafa might not even have the skill. His belief system and his mental capacity is an absolute insane joke. The guy's mentality is on another planet. So I don't even know if he has the skill to just not have that and be really good because his mental is so good that, that it makes his whole game better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, once you lose that faith and that belief that it, it, things are going to go well for you as well as well as they can anyway and being okay with that, then then it becomes incredibly challenging. And sometimes you do lose that. I mean, you lose your way. And maybe that's when you take a week off and, and go home and see some friends and see some family. And, and that's when and, you go to the and, bar, right? And that's maybe when you go to the bar, Mike. <laughs> oh. Maybe that's when you go to the bar. <laughs> um, so I want to end with this idea. So you, as Noah's mentioned, quarterfinals Australia, round of 16 at Wimbledon. On top of it, the ATP title mm. in Auckland. What is success like for you now? What's the idea of what's successful for you at this point in your career now that you've accomplished some things that maybe you didn't think you were going to be able to do four years ago when you were grinding through the Illinois Futures circuit in the middle of July? And That's still my from greatest injury. accomplishment is winning Godfrey and the, 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 the following future back-to-back. I've done that twice now, hmm. and that is one of the hardest things you can do in tennis, I think, maybe because I did it. <laughs> so I think that, but... Um, I mean, like I said, it's it's a daily thing. You know, it's a daily thing where you're trying to find some sort of fulfillment playing a game. It's challenging. So is it really daily for you yeah, right now? You have to have daily goals. Like, am I gonna am I gonna treat my body right? Am I gonna eat the right things? Am I gonna train the right way? Am I gonna do the right recovery stuff? Am I gonna practice right? Am I gonna keep my ment- my mental focus? Uh, strong during the practice? Am I going to get up, not get upset over little things? Am I going to, you know, listen to my coach and try and put in the things that he's like? Am I going to do all the right things to give myself a good opportunity to go out there and compete at a high level and maybe entertain some people and maybe surprise some people and maybe, you know, create some sort of a buzz around the game and around you entertain people. Well, <laughs> that that I hope so. I in, hope so. in every regard. Yeah, I hope I'm at least at least I'm not boring. At Even if I'm you're not, not smiling, we are. At least <laughs> I'm dying inside and you're having a great time. That's fine. <laughs> but those are, I mean, those are the things that, that I, I deem successful. And if that, if that, you know, manifests itself in some sort of a tangible result, that's great. You know, that's, that's awesome. Like round of 16 at Wimbledon. That, that's really cool. I can, I can feel good about that. But I can only feel good about it because of all the things that I did leading up to the event and during the event um, and, and knowing that I put myself in good positions and it just happened to work out. But, you know, I've lost, I've won only a few matches since then and it's like, yeah, it's tough. It's yeah. really tough. And, and if, I hung, if I hung my hat on, on just the results, well, I'd be devastated every time I lost, every time I lost which I am at sometimes. But, you know, you have to keep pushing forward. I think that's a super important idea. I mean, we talked about last week about self-worth and how important that is um you can't rely on your results you know to manifest this this importance of yourself it has to be on the daily grind your work day in day out and i think you 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 know harped on it perfectly and we have to change that mentality in the tennis world and it's only going to start by more conversations like this 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's if if you think that your journey is solely focused on what your wins and losses, then I think I think you're missing the bigger picture and you're missing some opportunities maybe to uh, to affect people's lives in a positive way, which is hopefully what you're trying to do as an entertainer. This is essentially what we are. I mean, we're athletes, but we're entertainers, and you're trying to have people have good moments while you do your craft having have people have enjoyment while you do your craft and that's that's what you try to that's what you try to bring to the table and I'm very grateful now that I get to play in front of more people and more fans and, and have more exposure just for the fact that hopefully I can entertain some people while I do it it's been fascinating for me um, and I, I haven't ever told the story and I don't think I will you you were there for me in my darkest moment and it's a moment I'll never forget for the rest of my life I think a lot of people know you, obviously, from the social media aspect. And I think most people might know Noah from some of the social media aspect. And the, the idea of the two of you being friends is probably one that people are, would be surprised at. Um, and yet, I know both of you as such high-level critical thinkers. Uh, it really kind of shows, I think, the kind of weird world we, we do live in in this tennis circle where we are kind of thrust together and you really find some people who are not just one-trick ponies. They're not just this. They're not that. Mm. There's depth to it. And right. it's it's really been interesting to see both of you guys in, in that regard. Well, I, I've, I've very much enjoyed uh, and, and gotten a lot out of personally Noah's uh, work and efforts in the last year or so. Eight, nine months? A year? Yeah, something like that. Nine months, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. I mean, obviously it hits closer to home because it's in my world, my sphere, so to speak. But uh, those stories I, I I can relate to and, and I can, you know, I, I really feel uh, some of these people's you know, struggles. I, I really feel that. And so it's, it's, it's a very cool thing to see and it's a very cool thing to see Noah uh, flower. Uh, if you will, with <laughs> under under, under uh, his work, and uh, it's it's awesome to see. Congrats to both of you guys on the uh, doubles wild cards. By the way, I mean we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> yep. We're gonna play <laughs> some. Half, we're gonna play some half court, and uh, I'm excited as hell. I don't know about you. I, but I mean, I'm excited as hell. I'm gonna come this watch is your the match. pinnacle for me. I'm gonna come watch your match. I'm gonna I'm gonna show up. Watch and, my uh, match. We're playing each other first round. No, we're not. No, I, I was wishing. No, it's just a not. wish. Yeah, you, <laughs> just you, a wish. You would like to see me at the net, wouldn't you? You would like. You would like to have a shot at me. It's all. It's all fun and games on the podcast on the uh, on the old uh, coffee cast. Give me a chance. But, just but, give uh, me a chance. I think you uh, secretly you want to see me at the net with a short forehand. Uh, don't lie. Frankly, everybody wants to see Noah Rubin at the net because of how poor it is. <laughs> he went there. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Sorry about that. This is our last podcast, so I hope everybody listening enjoys the time. <laughs> this is the um, final yeah, episode. Was, this is the pinnacle this is a fun ride. of uh, fun podcasting. Ride. <laughs> I think uh, I think Conan O'Brien now is the lead podcaster. Something I think I saw a magazine. <laughs> well, I mean, he was leading the trail on podcasting. So, but thanks well, we for sharing your face, joke. tennis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm here. I'm here. By the way, we're we're doing a little webcam action, and uh, I'm here. I can see Noah. That's that's all I need. That's all I need. I'm excited for, for the future ahead of us. Keep it, <laughs> keep it shaven and we're good. <laughs> you know what? You're actually, it's, you're actually pleased to see me, which um, is maybe enough to keep me shaving. Maybe enough. <laughs>
On that note, we end our coffee cast with Cation and Ruben, powered by Behind the Racket. A big thank you as well to our sponsor, New Balance. Go visit the new U.S. Open looks at newbalance.com. Saying anything you'd like to... By the way, I'm the only one drinking coffee during the coffee cast, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to say that it's the coffee cast. It's another thing to live it. I'm out here living my best life with the coffee cast, and you guys are not. So. I had a n- nutty nitro. Does had, that count? Was that a had? Yeah. Was that a had? That's a past tense of having. Well, I know, but I, I was... half calf. I, I rushed to get here. So I, that I could be ready because Noah is, as a television star, he has very limited time for he me He has now. very limited. That's right. He, he, we actually had to squeeze this into a small window. Noah was busy today. It's a Sunday. Uh, he's at home, and he's busy. So go figure. You know. If we could scratch this whole podcast because I actually <laughs> don't have the friends I thought I once had. <laughs> Love you, but Noah. thanks for coming out, guys. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk again this week. There are some more podcasts coming as part of the new Tennis Channel podcast network that we're on. And so now, I mean, we actually have to work. And that's frustrating right. and scary. Apparently, apparently I was promised a, a guest slot every third podcast uh, for coming on. And uh, I think everybody's shaking their head is, and telling me no, that that wasn't a thing. But I'm still thinking it's a thing. So uh, I hope to be back at some point. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably <laughs> do it at some point. You'll probably do something controversial <laughs> this week. So, All right. Till next week or sometime later this week, whenever we get around to it, we'll talk to you then.